Amen. Why don't we just give Jesus that praise right now? Don't do it for just for me, but do it to Jesus because He's worthy of all praise. Come on, somebody can just, if you want to just close your eyes and picture Him seated on that throne this morning. Amen. 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 It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you're a guest and friend, you're visiting us for the very first time, welcome to Resurrection Sunday. Amen. It's always so good to have you here. Amen. I feel the presence of God in this place. You know, Jesus is not something that I just believe. Jesus is someone that I know. And the reality of God is something that He wants us to have every single day. He's not just a concept that we preach from a book, but He's real and He's alive. That's what Resurrection Sunday is about. It's the ability to experience and encounter an almighty God. And this morning, if if that is your desire, that you have an encounter with a risen Saviour, for one more time, I want us to lift up our hands. I want us to pray. And let's invite the presence and the reality of Jesus into this place right now. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for gathering us here once again this Sunday morning. Jesus, we are here to celebrate not just your death, your burial, but to celebrate your resurrection. Lord, Resurrection Sunday reminds us that you are truly alive. And today, God, we pray, Lord, that you will lose a spirit of revelation, understanding. Lord, that you open the eyes of all those that hear the word today, the reality of Jesus Christ. Lord, that they will encounter you, God, in a very real way that they have never felt before. You are our healer, you are our best friend, but more importantly, you are our saviour. And we give you the honour, we give you the praise, in Jesus' name. Can we just praise Him one last time and just begin to worship Him? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I'm going to, first of all, I want to say that it is amazing to be able to celebrate Resurrection Sunday once again. I don't know how to describe to you what Resurrection Sunday means to me. Growing up, I grew up in a Christian family and every Sunday, my dad would bring me to a church. It wasn't in Tabernacle of Joy. And I remember looking forward. You know, some, I've been going to be honest with you. When I was a kid, I didn't think much about church. Okay, I just go because my parents went. And I always look forward to Resurrection Sunday. Uh, not because at the end of the service, there's fish balls that we always eat at the end. Or not because, you know, there's also this thing called communion. Okay, for those who don't know what communion is, uh, I'll explain more later on, okay? But I really enjoyed Resurrection Sunday because it's one of those days where, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, okay, you know about it. It's a time of celebration. Now, today, I see Resurrection Sunday very differently than how I was as a kid. Last time, it was what my parents told me. But today, I celebrate Resurrection Sunday because of what I know, because of what I've experienced. And such are some of you here this morning you had an encounter with God. Some point in your life, there was a time where you didn't know God. You were told about Jesus. But today, you experienced Him. You saw the way He worked in the little details of your life. And all those little circumstances that you thought it was coincidence, no, it was the plan of God. And God saw you from the very beginning and He's slowly drawing you a conversation, a circumstance, a miracle, a healing, a voice that you needed to hear, a peace that you never felt before. And today we're going to talk about this thing called Resurrection Sunday and I would like to read from a passage of Scripture. Okay, I know you all stand very long already, but is it possible if you stand just one more time for me? 
for the Word of God. And we're going to read from the book of John, chapter 19, verse 17 to 18, and verse 20, 25 to 30, okay? This is the story of Jesus on the cross. Let's read John 19. It says, And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now there stood on the cross his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his home. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine or vinegar was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on his soap and put it on his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Amen. I'm going to preach this morning about the topic on last words. You may be seated. Last words. Last words are the final statements or phrases that a person utters before their death. It's a way that a dying person would say goodbye or to express their deepest feelings and thoughts. It's the final message that they want to leave behind of a legacy. What do you say to someone as your last words? I thought about it and I can imagine sometimes I would definitely call my family, I'll call my wife, I'll call my children and I'll say the words, I love you, for sure. Some of you might do that. Some of us might even, with our last breath, cry out to our loved ones and just call out their names. I know of a famous painter, I think Raphael. His last words was, happy. Very unique, huh? happy. Okay? I thought about it. My last words could be, I'm coming, Jesus. I'm coming on my way here. I remember, I don't have much last words experiences in my life. The only last words I remember, but it wasn't even on a dying bed. It was the last time I saw him. Uh, I think it was Bishop, Bishop Willoughby. Um, that time we didn't know it was last words, but when he was in the airport and a whole bunch of us were sending him off, we all remember we were in the airport and of course everybody wanted a glimpse of Bishop. Everybody had a little moment with Bishop. And uh, he called me. And I mean, it was a very short moment. You know, he grabbed me. I think it was on a wheelchair and I went on my knees and I was talking to him. And he gave one sentence to me. It was his last words. And it conveyed his passion, what he was concerned about. He says, he said to me, continue to blow the revival, well, continue to fan the flames of revival in Singapore and I'll be there to blow it with you. And he blew my face. <sighs> and I'm like, whoa, minty breath. <laughs> okay? That was his last words. And I kept it with me because that was his heartbeat. And I never saw him again. I never heard it again. But it held so dear to me. You see, our last words reflect what is important. And same way with Jesus. Jesus had last words as well. 
on the cross before Jesus, God in flesh, died. He left behind last words. And it's interesting to note in the Bible, those last words were recorded in different parts. Like Matthew heard something, John heard something, Mark heard something, you know, Luke heard something. Okay, Luke is the law saw one because he wrote 24 chapters. They all wrote something about his last words and incidentally, there were seven last words. I don't know why seven. Okay, it's like, tun tun. God said, okay, I got seven last words for you all. Could it be that God, Jesus' last words reveal His desire for humanity today? I'm going to talk to you about the seven last words. The first last words, okay, is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. The first of Jesus' last words, are words of forgiveness. This morning, it is God's desire to lose forgiveness. Why does man need forgiveness? Well, here's the reality of things. God has a plan and God has a design for humanity. But come on, like all of us, every child that we... Have we ever given a child an instruction that they don't follow? Well, the answer is yes, I have three kids. They almost never follow every instruction. And there are some things that they do or some things that humanity does that steps out of God's design and plan and it ends up hurting themselves. The Bible calls that sin. And humanity from throughout the centuries carry this guilt of sin. Whether they realize it or not, when they do something wrong, something in their conscience is awakened and it's called sin. And it's, some, it's a guilt that they carry throughout their lives and they don't even know that it's there. And they try to manage that guilt. They feel that the, that the depression, they feel, they feel the fear. Why does fear and, and concern and all these things come to our hearts? You see, God never created humanity to deal with stress. God never created humanity to deal with, with uh, sin, to never to deal with, sh with fear and shame. He never created us for that. When we sin against God, all those things came in and then it came into our lives and it weighs us down and we carry that. But Jesus came, God came in flesh for one mission. He came to set humanity free from this thing called sin. And it comes through forgiveness. So back to my story when I was a young kid going to, to church. I look forward to Resurrection Sunday because we will go to, we were in a traditional church at time and we were seated in pews. Okay? Coming to a GV plaza is quite modern really. Okay? Last time we had those wooden pews. And when we have communion, right? It's the very traditional type one. No? You, you got two, two uh, what do you call it? The, the, the wooden, the wooden uh, bench, right? Bench. Yeah, bench. And then got nice cushy place for you to bow. And then every bench I got this little hole. Eh. I always wonder, what is this hole for? Eh? Only when I took communion, I realized, oh, it's to put the cup. Okay? So they, they had this thing called communion where we remember, you know, the blood is, the, 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 the grape juice represents the blood. I like the Ribena. And they always give us the biscuit. The biscuit, not very nice or so, but, you know, it represents the body of Christ. And I remember I would go up there. And the pastor would always tell us, he say, okay, communion is a time uh, you got to take seriously. So I remember I was a little boy, very scared. Eh. Then we will go line by line, okay, two, two, two lines at a time, and we'll walk up. And then I walk up, I feel this sense of anticipation, eh? well, I'm going to meet Jesus, you're going to meet Jesus already. Then they will pass me up the, 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 the cup, la. they pass me the, the biscuit, eh? and then we all have to kneel down. Eh? And then I remember I kneel down, right? And then they say, I want you, you all need to, before you eat the bread, right, you need to get right with God. Eh? 
Wow, so as a little young boy, I very serious. Eh. Oh, I say, Jesus, I'm sorry uh, that day I beat my brother. Jesus, I'm so sorry. Uh, I lied to my mother. And Jesus, I'm so sorry. Uh, I never prayed that day. Jesus, I'm, oh, I, I, I really spent a long time. Eh. I was very, very sincere. And then I'll eat the bread. And I'll eat the, drink the drink. But I'm going to be honest with you. Even though I did communion and I repented of my sins many times, I still carry a lot of guilt. I said, I wonder, well, how come, Lord, I said sorry. I said prayers. I said, Jesus, forgive me. But I still feel very weighed down. Eh? I never understood. I never felt forgiven. And I carried a lot of shame. And then, later on, much later on in my life, I came to Tabernacle of Joy. And I was taught a Bible study. And one of the things that they taught me in Bible study was, you need to get baptized. And I'm like, what is baptism? And they explained to me that the Bible says that you are baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. And I realized like, huh? You mean just saying, Jesus forgive me, not enough man. I got to get baptized. Let me give you an illustration. It's like this little boy, right? Okay, that you go play soccer. Okay, you say, okay, I'm going to play soccer, mommy. And the mother said, okay, you can play soccer, huh? but you're wearing a brand new Real Madrid jersey. Okay, you know Real Madrid, the colour is all white one. I want you to go play soccer, but when it's raining, uh, you better don't play. Okay, raining don't play, because when you play, uh, muddy, then Real Madrid is white, right? You sure get brown colour on your jersey. You can play on normal day, but not on a rainy day. So the little boy said, okay, mommy. Wow, then suddenly the friend said, hey, let's go play soccer. Then the sky became to dark, and wow, then got rain. And the whole place was flooded with mud and everything. And the friend said, come on, Jim, let's go play soccer. And he was like, I don't know whether I should go play. My mom said, don't play. Then he said, nah, never mind, lah. just do it. Lah. Don't care what my mother say. So he played soccer. Leh. And you know, lah, boys, when you play soccer, right? Well, one sliding tackle here, lah. one header here, lah. your friend punch you, lah. web accident. You know, wow, Jimmy fell to the ground and his shirt was all brown. So now it's no longer Real Madrid. Now it's, I don't know what, Geylang United. I don't know. Lah. Okay, what colour is it? Brown, brown, what colour? No soccer team brown. Ah. I don't know why. Okay. Okay, so anyway, he went home. He was like depressed. Jalat, my mother going to kill me. Sneaking in. And then mommy said, Jimmy, come here. What happened to your jersey? Uh, Mom, I, I play soccer. Who asked you to play soccer in the rain? I said, don't play, right? Huh? You want to get cane, is it? Mommy, please, no, please. I don't want, please. Last chance, please. I, I know all this because that's what my children say. Please. Please, one more last chance, please. Please, please. And mommy, out of the goodness of her heart, not, sometimes not me, but the goodness of her heart says, okay, Jimmy, mommy, I'm so sorry I disobeyed you. I forgive you. Jimmy is forgiven. But here's my question. The jersey is still dirty, not? You may have verbally heard the words Jesus saying, I forgive you. But there is still a debt that you have to pay. A dirty jersey. And that's what baptism is about. Yes, you come to Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And Jesus says, I forgive you. But the Bible says when you are baptized in Jesus' name, when you obey the plan of salvation and God washes you clean, when you go into the waters of baptism and you come out, it's like Jimmy taking off his clothes, going in the washing machine and that shirt becomes 
clean again. And that guilt that you carry. And that's what I felt when I came to Tabernacle of Joy and I went through the waters of baptism. When I went in and I came out, let me tell you what I felt. I felt the weight of my past just drop off. It was shackles that I carried there. It was years of shame, years of uncertainty, years of wondering if God will ever love me. But Jesus came to forgive. Amen. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to forgive us? Amen. If you are, why don't we just give Him praise and let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. The second thing He said, okay, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, verse 42. Then He said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to Him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. When Jesus was on the cross, there were two men on his left and, left and on his right. And he was standing in the middle. And in the middle, there were, one guy was mocking Jesus. Hey, you say you're the son of God. You say you're Messiah. Why don't you save yourself and come down the, 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 the cross? And then the other man also like stunned. Like, hey, dude, you're going to die already. You still say such a thing to her. You, you know remorse, man. And then the, the man on the left, which is one of the thieves, he came to Jesus and he says, Jesus, Remember me when you cross over to the other side. He had a last minute awakening that he needed salvation. And he came to Jesus, Remember me, Lord. The second last words of Jesus was to save a man on the brink of death. This last word of Jesus is called the words of hope. Life after death. Colossians 1.27 To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I have a few last moment conversions, two or three. The one that stood out the most to me was this Indonesian man called Leo. He was introduced to us by Pastor Amin from Indonesia. And he told us during that time, can you go down and minister to this man who doesn't know Jesus? Or he knows, but he's not, you know, haven't received the Holy Spirit, you know, and stuff like that. So we, we went down and I didn't know how bad the condition was. It was Glen Eagles. I think that's where all the Indonesians go. They love to go Glen Eagles, right? So I go to Glen Eagles and then we went there. I went with my wife and we found out he was two weeks to live. Eh? Terminal cancer, stage 4-1. I said, wow, this is our assignment. Uh, don't send me, send pastor. Because I don't like to go Terminal 1. Because Terminal like, they can't even respond to you. They can't even see you. Eh. So I, I, was, I was panicking. How is this man going to receive the Holy Spirit? Much less speak in tongues and all that. I had no faith going there. You can ask my wife. I was panicking. Oh. I said, what? And then everybody expect. No, you know, you, you know the, the Champions League, right? You're, you're about to score the winning goal. The, the, the penalty shootout. I felt that way. Like. I'm like, I'm going to take this shot. Like. But if I miss, uh, everybody know that I missed it. Eh. I said, man, this is scary. So I went to my wife and I remember entering into the room. I prayed. I said, God, this is you, man. Nothing about me. It's nothing about my wife. It's not about my faith. This man needs you. It's all you, Jesus. It's all you. you gotta, if you want to save him, it has to be a miracle. I went into the room. I stepped in there and I saw him on the bed. He was in bones and he was like barely, literally barely alive. And I told myself, okay, where do I begin? Literally, where do I begin? Eh? And I told the wife, if you don't mind me, can I have some time with him? And I grabbed his hand. He can't talk. 
I said, no way speak. Oh, I said, oh, Jesus, how to speak in tongues? Yeah? He can't even open his mouth. I grabbed his hand and I say, uh, Leo, I'm you know, uh, Brother Sam from Tabernacle of Joy. I, I've come and I've, I'm sending regards from Pastor Amin. He wants you to know Jesus loves you. I know you, know, you have not received the Holy Ghost. And I explained to him very briefly, you know, I said, okay, you know, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And how you know you got the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you will speak in a new tongue, a new heavenly language. I know you're very tired right now. I'm not asking you uh, to use a lot of effort. But I want to pray for you that God will fill with the Holy Ghost. And I remember, okay, I remember this. When I saw him, right, the wife said he hasn't slept for days. I don't know what he said about terminal cancer. He hasn't slept, eh? he couldn't sleep. So he has never slept for days. His eyes were all black colored, the ring already. So I grabbed Leo by the hand. I say, okay, Leo, let's thank Jesus for everything that he has done. Let's love him. You know, wow, when we hold his hand, okay, Leo, God wants to fill with the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift up your voice with all that you have. Just praise God. If you don't know what else to say, just say hallelujah. Because hallelujah means high praise to God. Ma. So Leo, Leo, for a while he just closed his eyes. Eh, but he grabbed my hand. Eh. He understand. See, do you understand what I'm saying? He was squeezed. You understand what I'm saying? He was squeezed. And then the last part, I said, okay, Leo, one breath, just praise. Honest to God, 30 seconds into praying for him, he opened up his mouth. He said, hallelujah. Spoken tongues. We just spoke 15 seconds of it. Oh. Then after he spoke in tongues, finished, right? He went to sleep. I said, are you alive? I'm so scared. Eh? I said, did I, did I kill you with the last breath? Then I checked. Oh, still alive. The wife said he finally slept after days. Eh? After receiving the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because when the Spirit of God comes into a man, there is peace. There is assurance. There is joy. And when he got the Holy Ghost, he slept. Two weeks later, he really did pass away. But that was last words. His last words was speaking in tongues. Jesus promises hope of an eternal life. I'm sure there's more stories. Some of you, your spouses, I prayed for them. We've stroke, got the Holy Ghost as well. You know the stories. God can fail even the impossible situation. Number three, the third last word of Jesus is so unique. Woman, behold your son. And then to the disciple, behold your mother. Let's read John 19. We read just now. John 19, 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he had loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, Behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her, took her to his own home. Jesus on the cross was never, he never thought about himself. He was thinking about his mom. Who is going to take care of mom when I'm gone? What a filial son, right? And then he said, It's a tradition now, okay, when you are leaving the earth, you will entrust your mother to your own brothers, right? He has half brothers, what? Jesus had half-brothers, okay? But instead of doing that, he recognized that maybe his half-brothers weren't in the faith yet, okay? He made sure, mom, you need to be taken care of by another family. The disciples. You can have a natural family and it's important for you to honor your natural family. But when you are in the faith in Christ, you have another family. It's called your spiritual family. Tabernacle of joy, you are my spiritual family. I've tasted the mother's cooking in this place. I've enjoyed the counsel of some of the fathers here in my life. You were my family. I have two families. I'm so thankful for that. And Jesus made sure in his last words 
It's called Words of Relationship. He connected his mom to the family of faith because he's telling his mom, you can trust the church. And he's telling the church, you have a responsibility to take care of my mom. And that is one of the privilege, privileges of being born again in the family, the church of God. That you know that you're never alone. That you, something can happen to you. But Jesus made sure that we will take care of you. And Jesus wants you to know you can trust us. His last words. The church is a place where we grow and belong. It's a place that we can call home. A place that we can receive care. Because no matter how spiritual you are, you always need someone to come by your side in times of trials and say, I pray for you. How many of you here can be honest with me that when you are going through a tough time, you were glad that someone came next to you on a Sunday service and says, let me hear what you're, what you're going through and let's put the arm around the shoulder. I have received that many times. When we went through trials, Brenda, there's are things that we couldn't tell the whole world. But there were brothers and sisters here that we can confide in and it changed our lives. I want you to, is it okay, turn to someone next to you and just tell them honestly, I need you. I need you. Amen. Number four, okay? I'm halfway, more than halfway there. Number four. This one is very unique. Mark chapter 6, 15, verse 34. And in the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. Okay, this one be tough. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani. Okay? I'm not speaking in tongues. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani. Which means, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Jesus, although he was God, he was also 100% man. And he felt the full weight of not just the pain on the cross, but he also felt the full weight of the sins of the world upon his shoulders. He felt it all. He felt the forsakenness of a man dealing with sin, although he had no sin. So he cried out this voice. And many people, when they look at this, is to let, first of all, let you know that one of his statements is something we could identify with, the feelings of abandonment, the feelings of feeling forsaken. How many of you here ever felt, don't need to raise your hands, forsaken? You felt like God didn't hear your prayer. You felt that you wanted God to show up, but He doesn't seem to meet your expectations and show up at the right time. And you feel like God didn't hear you out. I felt that way before. You see, there are some things that God allows in our lives and we cannot see the big picture. And Jesus felt that feelings on the cross. But the one thing that I didn't realize, that these are not words of despair. Jesus is actually, His last words were words of praise. Why? Because for those people that know Psalms, the songbook in the Bible, what Jesus was actually saying were lyrics. They were song lyrics. Really? Let's read Psalms 22 verse 1 to 4. Let's read the song that he was singing. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art, why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime and thou hearest not, and in the night season am not silent. But thou art holy, O you that inhabit the praise of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, and they trusted and you did deliver them. 
Jesus was not singing, was not saying words of despair. He was singing a song in his darkest moments and he's reminding himself, even though I felt forsaken, my fathers, he's saying a song to Israel, in my pain, I still trust God. In my pain, I can still trust that he will deliver me in the end. That he has a bigger plan, amen. So when he said, my God, my God, what's all those people hearing, uh, they hear the first line, they triggered already. For example, okay, oh, the older generation. When I say this, I did it. Thank you. That reveals your age. <laughs> okay? But it's a blessing. It's a good thing. Okay? I also know, lah, okay? I did it my way. Okay? The, my gen, okay? The middle tier. I want it. Oh, you can't know people. <laughs> you all need to repent right now, man. The backs, okay, never mind. Okay? Then Christians, okay, y'all know this, okay, y'all know the Christian, y'all compare. Ah. You are the. Oh, y'all don't know. Ah. See, ah, y'all know, you know the second one, y'all don't know the third one. You are the way. Wow, this church needs help, man. It's amazing how the second one, ah, unison. Ah. The, the third one, ah, you're like, mm. you are the way, the truth. The loudest all came from the music team. No wonder we need Easter. <laughs> Amen. Songs, the first lyric will trigger the memory of the rest. So when Jesus says, My God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? Everybody there will knew the next line. You inhabit the praises of Israel. My father trusted you that you will deliver them. It was a trigger of a memory that this is not the end. And I want to tell you this, that this, in your deepest, darkest trial, you say, God, I don't know how to see a way out. You need to learn to praise Him. Because when you praise God, it reminds you that the cross, Resurrection Sunday reminds us that the cross is not the end of the story. Because there will come a third day where God will deliver. That means there is Resurrection Sunday where God will raise you up from a situation that seems to be dead. And He says, you are alive. Can I get an amen? Oh, by the way, the three songs are, is literally my Christian walk. I started off doing, I did it my way. Then I realized it didn't work. So I want it that way. And then I follow Jesus. He is the way. Okay, la, I don't know. Well, not bad. La. Anyhow, also can spin. Okay? So that's my Christian walk in a nutshell. Um, there's something about praising God. And having the Holy Spirit come. Remember, the Bible says, right, thou inhabit the praises of Israel, right? So when I got the Holy Spirit, it wasn't like I had to beg God or anything. When you begin to praise God, God is attracted. Because praise shows God you got faith. And when God sees your faith, that you begin to praise God, He fills you with His presence. Eh? And that's how I got the Holy Spirit. Okay, next one. Number five, I thirst which is what I'm feeling right now. I thirst. Okay, I thirst. John chapter 19, verse 28. Okay, John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing all things, were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Jesus' last words in this is words of humility. Jesus did not hide his pain, Jesus did not mask his need. In fact, human beings, we are generally strong. 
when we have a problem or we're going through a tough time, we find it very hard to tell others. You know, like for myself, if I'm struggling with something or maybe for you, you know, I will try my best to try to fix the problem. I don't want to be a bother to someone else. But that wasn't the attitude of Jesus. Because Jesus, even though He was God, and he, but yet He was man, He cried out in His pain, I thirst. It was an admittance that He needed something. James chapter 4, verse 6 tells us, but He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. If you want to have a blessing from God this morning, you need to do what Jesus did and confess, I thirst. I have a need. I acknowledge. I'm empty. My journey into Christianity, and some of you may already know, started in my JC days. JC was a great time. Okay, I had position. Wow, you know, head prefect, going to school. Wow, student counsel. Okay, wow, did well in school. Everything, wow, very sweet, sweet. Though. Just perfect life. Eh. During that time, there was no thirst. Maybe there was there, but it was so filled up with, with achievement and trying to make a life for myself, make a name for myself. And then you all know the story, I, I failed my JC1 and then I had to repeat that year. And I remember it was an awakening because I lost my position, lost my friends, cannot get girls, everything. Everything went crashing down. And I went through this very dark period. That time there was no such thing as mental health. Okay? Now everybody talk about mental health, right? That time I was mental, but no health. Okay? I was mental already. I go to school. Let me give you the signs of what I felt. Okay, y'all, some of you might identify with me. I go to school, right? I don't talk to anyone. Literally, I isolated myself from every single person. I had one friend, only one friend, because I only can trust one person. So this person told me straight out, I don't like gossip. I don't get involved with other people. So this person also one, one, one loner. So two loners, okay, not bad. Okay, we keep each other company. And I remember very clearly, Every day I go to school, it's like in the lesson, they were teacher teaching, right? I staring in the window, looking in the, looking in the scouts, I just want to get out. Then recess, people go eat in the canteen, right? I'll stay back in the classroom, eh? I'll play my walkman, eh, this man. I don't know what this man, right? Okay, this man is what we used to, before there was Spotify and MP3 players, we had a this man. Okay, my best friend was Jay Cho and Eason Chan. And I'll always play the songs, okay? And, I tell something about, about Jay Cho. Jay Cho has a way, uh, his music. Uh, if you're depressed, uh, he makes you even more depressed. <laughs> right? The Bible tells you to praise, right? He tells you to unsing. He tells you to keep quiet and wallow in your self-pity. Although you know the girl don't like you, right? You see, oh, I let you go because I know you, I love you. That's what he's saying. Eh. So I listen. Oh, I really listen to Jay Cho. Eh. Oh, I listen. Then I cannot get out of the depression. Eh. But I like Jay Cho because it feeds into my depression. I like people who are in depression love to eat it. I'm sorry for those who are non-Chinese Chinese speaking. Anting uh. uh, means a uh, quiet. Okay? He told me to be quiet. So I just, everything listen. Oh, with self-pity. I'll cry. Leh. Did I ever felt to commit suicide? No. But I did many times say, God, if there's a way, just take me out of this world. Literally, that's what I felt. Nobody could understand. Of course, later on, I kind of realized, is it depression? I don't know. Dark place. And in that dark place, see, if you, have, if you feel these feelings of depression, 
That, that feeling of emptiness, you know what God is trying to reveal to you? You are being awakened to the fact that there's an emptiness in your life. And it's not a bad thing to feel that way. Because you are, first of all, when you have an emptiness in your heart, it just lets you know that something needs to fill that spot. For me, I found the one thing, the only thing that could fill that emptiness then was I began to pray. I say, God, you have to fill this gap that I'm struggling with. And I'm going to be honest with you, it took more than one prayer. It, one whole year in JC, I couldn't feel, I just struggled, struggled, struggled. And it was that same year I came to come encounter Jesus in TJ. And I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Where God, if you want to back to the Holy Ghost, is when the Spirit of God, I say, Jesus, you come and fill the empty spot in my life. You feel that depression. It's a depression, ma. it's a hole. Ma. You feel that depression in my heart. Leh. And I lift up my hands. I praise God. I say, God, I worship you. I thank you. And some of you guys prayed for me. And the Bible says, the, 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 what happened was the Holy Ghost came into my life and I started speaking in a new language. I don't know what this language was. Last time, I was so desperate. I was so desperate, right, to fill that gap, right? I just take whatever I could get and I just got the Holy Ghost. But I remember after I got the Spirit of God in my heart, immediately, I smiled. I said, I got it. I felt something, a peace that I never felt before. It was Jesus. Now, here's the tip. After getting the Holy Ghost, does it mean that, I, I, do I still get that feelings of emptiness? Of course I do. But this time, I realized I can, I can deal with it not by myself. I will go back to my room and I'll worship and i praise God. And then I suddenly feel the presence of God come in again. And then after that, hey, no more already. So after one, two years after I got the Holy Ghost, right, I never had that feeling of emptiness ever again. Because the Bible says, greater is He that is in me than he that is of this world. Jesus came in. You see, you cannot have depression. You, you can have depression, but you can deal with it. I know I have a lot of mental health articles and stuff like that. Let me give you the fastest solution. Get the Holy Ghost. Receive the Spirit of God. And then let the Word of God deal with it. I know, it's a, it's a combination of both. But the ultimate answer is you need Jesus to come in. And the pain that you struggle with, you tell Jesus, Lord, fill me up, Lord. Maybe there are some thoughts that I'm, I'm struggling with, God, that I cannot get past. But you know what? Fill me up first, Lord, so that you can begin to work that, that thing in my life that changed me. I thirst. Amen. Number six, almost done. It is finished. The sermon is not finished, but it is finished. John 19.30, okay? Number six already. Okay, got seven only. Huh? John 19.30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Finished does not mean I am finished. Rather, it is an exclamation of a mission accomplished. Jesus' last words are words of victory. He is declaring to the world that what I set forth to do, I have accomplished it on the cross. You see, the world saw the cross as a sign of defeat. But Jesus knew that the cross was the one thing, the, vic the one weapon that they would defeat everything that the devil tried to do to humanity. And on the cross, Jesus made a declaration, I have reversed the curse. I have brought salvation to the world. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save you. 
God will go through huge extents to reach out to one person. He will do whatever it takes. If you don't believe me, trace back what happened into your life, how he brought you here. And on the cross, Jesus set in motion a power and a movement that cannot be stopped throughout the ages. And that brings me to number seven, the final words. of This is really the final, final word. Luke 23, verse 46. Luke 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, He said, Father, into Thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, He gave up the ghost. Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. Some translations said that Jesus in this point breathed His last breath. Some Greek translation even said He blew out heart. Just like how Bishop blew on my face. It was the last breath. When Jesus gave His last breath and He died on the cross, the Bible tells us that this breath landed somewhere later on. <laughs> he gave up the Spirit. But many days later, the Bible tells us that Jesus rose from the grave. He came out from the tomb. It was a miraculous moment. And it wasn't just one person that saw Jesus come up after His resurrection. The Bible says 500 witnesses saw Jesus after His resurrection. And the Bible tells us that the church was gathering one day in this upper room called in Jerusalem. And it was a special day called the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. Watch where the breath went. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, can everyone say suddenly? They came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. The breath is coming. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, just like us today. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Jesus' last words are words of His Spirit. Can we stand? Amen. Looks like you can have a quick Easter lunch today. <laughs> Amen. But I want you to realize that the Bible tells us that Jesus on the cross gave up His Spirit. But that breath did not just fall to the ground. That breath landed at a certain place. He gave His life so that you and I can have life. It's called the breath of God. Or some may call it the Holy Spirit. When God created man from the dust of the ground and He picked that, that man from the very first time, Adam, okay, for those who know, so Adam, he looked at Adam and he breathed into Adam. 
the breath of life. Some people say this, in order to breathe into someone's nose or life into the person, you've got to be very close to the individual, right? When man was created, God was close to man. Which shows us one thing, God always wanted to have intimacy with humanity. He wants to be close to you. Jesus can be here. But you know what's even better? Is that Jesus come in and be here. The closeness of His presence. This morning, maybe this is the first time you have heard the very concept that God can live in you. But I want to tell you that Jesus' last words was that He wants to give the breath of life and breathe into you. How about even the saints here this morning? Maybe it's been a while since you encountered the breath of His presence coming to you. You come here discouraged. You come here feeling dry. Maybe you came here saying, God, my walk with God is not where I want it to be. But God is waiting, wanting to breathe a new breath of life into you this morning. I'm going to give an opportunity for all of you here to receive that breath. But I want us, first of all, to say, God, this Resurrection Sunday, I want you to begin to admit to Jesus, I thirst. If you came here with a need, if you feel an emptiness, if there's something in your life, we say, God, I feel empty today. I want you to confess it to God. If there's something that you are, maybe you need to make right with God, why don't you say, God, forgive me. Come on, let's do that right now all over this place. Make your seat an altar call. If you need forgiveness, why don't you tell Jesus, forgive me. And His last word says, Father, forgive them. He wants to forgive you this morning. If, 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 your, if your need this morning is say, God, there's something that I need. I'm empty right now. I thirst, oh God. I thirst. Begin to confess it to God. And because the Holy Spirit is here this morning and He wants to fill every empty heart. He wants to fill every empty hole that is there. He is the God that wants to fill all things and He wants to enter into your life right now. Come on, if you have someone next to you, you can pray for them if it's okay. But if not, you can pray for yourself and say, Jesus, I need you. I need forgiveness this morning. Jesus, I thirst, oh God. I'm hungry and thirsty for something more in my life life. Lord, my life has always been this way and I'm feeling down, oh God. But Lord, I know God that you're a God that sees, you're a God that understands, you're a God that has compassion, oh God, for us this morning. Why don't you take someone by the hand and just pray for them right now and say, Jesus, would you come in right now? Jesus, would you breathe a new breath of life into me this morning? The Bible says it is finished. Come on you can be victorious this morning you don't need to leave the service the same way you came in it is no coincidence that God brought you here this morning God had a plan for you God wanted you to hear these words the trial that you're going through the pain in your relationships it brought you to this place because God wants to fill you up He emptied you out so that He can fill you up just for a few more moments. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. If you're here for the very first time, 
God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. If you brought someone here today, I want you to ask them this question. Do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Do you want to allow Jesus to come into your life right now? And if the answer is yes, if your answer is yes, I want you to lift up your hands and let the person that's praying for you guide you through that process of receiving His Spirit. All you need to do is praise Him because the Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. God will fill you up. If you are a saint today and you need a fresh, fresh touch from God, why don't you begin to praise Him and God's going to fill you up once more. That's it. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus that He breathed out so that He can breathe into you. That's His new life. That's it, that's it. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, don't leave this place without it because God wants to fill you. God wants to take away the emptiness that you're going through right now. He wants to lift you out of depression. He wants to lift you out. You cannot come out of depression. You can only fill it up. You fill it up with Jesus. You fill that emptiness and that thing will, that feeling of emptiness will go. If you need power, if you need a fresh touch from God this morning, He's here. He is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Some of you here want to pray for some of your friends. They are not in service today. I want you to pray for someone that maybe is your home that God will come and fill them, that God will draw them, that God will path a way for them to come back to the body of Christ. If you have nothing to pray for for yourself, why don't you pray for someone else? There are some people receiving the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. The rest of us, just worship. If you don't know what else to do, just worship. And let's create an atmosphere for someone to receive this wonderful gift that we have received. Come on. There are a few people that are trying to get the Holy Ghost right now. They want Jesus into their life. Come on. As you praise Him, you allow God to come down and fill them up as well. You can speak in a new tongue. You can speak in a new language. You. 
Jesus was thinking about you on that cross. Jesus was thinking about you all the way. This is the joy that, that Brother Brian spoke about. It's the joy of entering your life and being a part of you. He wants you to be part of the family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you today, God. You are here in this place, God. Lord, fill us up, oh God. That's it, that's it, that's the Holy Ghost. We praise you, we magnify you, God. We empty ourselves, God. From every sin, we empty ourselves, God. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you today. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Music team, if you can just come down and I want us to sing the last song before we go. I just some people are still praying, but it's okay. But for the rest of you guys, we're gonna worship him just a few more moments. Jesus' name, Jesus' name.
by his blood we'll wash clean now we have the victory
Come on, let's lift up our hands before we leave this place. Come on, church, one final time. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lose the power of the resurrection, God. Lord, as we depart from this place, in the name of Jesus, Lord, your gospel is not meant to stay within the four walls of this building. Jesus, we lose, oh God, the breath of God into the nation of Singapore. That as we leave this place, oh God, use us, oh God, in Jesus' name. And Father, we honour you today. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one last time. And let's give you praise. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Shake hands, be friendly. Turn to someone and say, Happy Resurrection Sunday. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.